Welcome to Weekly Homilies with Father Mark Sislenko, pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut. We are part of the Catholic Archdiocese of Hartford. I'm Carol Vassar, Parish Director of Communications. This is Season 3, Episode 26, for the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time, June 28, 2020. Our Gospel reading is from Matthew, Chapter 10, Verses 37-42. through 42. Jesus said to his apostles, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up my cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. The Gospel of the Lord. It is interesting to look at how the faith journey evolves in an individual. If you have a person who has been simply just living life without faith, there is a tendency to view my actions and my desires through the lens of my wants. It is easy to convince ourselves that happiness in life is simply followed by doing what we want to do. And so when we do what we want to do and we have our needs fulfilled, then we equate that with happiness. But you and I as people of faith know that that is not what happiness is about at all. It's not about fulfilling simply our wants and our desires. Life is not about accumulating things, gaining status, or exercising power and control over others. There's a bigger picture to what is important and what is true about being a human being. And so a person who has been living life without the relationship with God that puts the corrective into one's wants and desires, when that relationship is awakened and a person begins to look outside of themselves and begins to understand and accept the fact that there is a God who is in control of the universe, who is responsible for their life and the creation of their very selves. That he has brought the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, into the world and given us the power of the Holy Spirit as a guide and help in directing the efforts of our lives. When a person begins to see that greater dimension, then all who God is and all who God represents himself to be now takes on an importance And so it's no longer just about what I want and what I desire, but we begin to call ourselves to what we need to do. 
So for example, I may encounter someone in the daily comings of my life who has hurt me. And what I want to do, what my desire is, is to retaliate back with another hurt. But then when we step back and reflect on where faith and my relationship with God is calling me to and what the gospel is calling me to, we begin to then see that that action of retaliation is not the response that is required, that what I really need to do is to love that person who has hurt me as Jesus has directed. You see, so as we go through this journey of faith, we begin to change a bit and realize that we are called to do certain things and to be a certain way in order to live out this relationship with God that we have accepted into our lives. But it goes a little bit further than that when it comes to what discipleship is really all about. Discipleship is a single-hearted devotion to God that really goes beyond just wants and needs and the tenets of the gospel and what we're expected to do as Christians to something that is more a matter of the heart. You see, if you look at folks throughout history, folks who stand out amongst others, you know, I'm thinking of someone like Dorothy Day, who worked on behalf of the underprivileged and the poor. I'm thinking of Maximilian Kolbe, who stepped in and went in place of another who was supposed to enter the gas chamber and die. I'm thinking of other sometimes unrecognized souls that simply do heroic things because it flows from the essence of their beings. You see, we get to a point, if we're serious about our relationship with Jesus Christ, that we don't have to think about it anymore. You know, St. Paul tells us, in baptism we die with Christ. Have we ever really thought about what that means? In baptism we die with Christ. And so if we die with Christ, then after baptism, life can't be about just fulfilling our needs and our wants and our desires. Life is no longer about us because the waters of baptism have brought us into a unique relationship with God in which we have died with Christ. And so therefore, my life becomes not one of self-fulfillment or self-realization, but an emptying for the sake of others and into God. It becomes daily deaths that begin to mirror the final death we will all be asked to take when we empty and pour ourselves into the very essence of God himself. The little deaths of our lives that we are called to every day are opportunities for us to pour ourselves into the life of another, to give ourselves over in service of another, and to empty ourselves more fully into God. 
You see, when we begin to do this, when faith comes out of our heads and enters our hearts and becomes something that is a part of us, then it is no longer necessary for us to think about it very much. We're going to just do it. And as St. Paul also tells us, we are going to put on Christ. We are going to become like Christ. And we may ask ourselves, well, how can we do this in the everydayness of our lives? You know, I recently listened to a very powerful message that was given by a very simple and humble woman, a simple, humble woman from Haiti. And we all know that Haiti struggles, especially with a lot of poverty and challenges. And she was talking about her children and their experience of going to school. And while they had education available to them, they couldn't always stay in school because there was one essential element of their lives that seemed to be always missing, and that was food. And so when her children got up in the morning, they were unable to eat. And very often during the course of the day, when they came home at night, food still was unavailable. And so you can imagine that with the occurrences of these things, that the body would then begin to react and they would fall asleep or get sick and often have to be sent home. And so in the midst of this, this organization that was offering assistance asked her a very particular question, and it was this. What are you afraid of? Now, the response that would be expected would be, I'm afraid for the life of my children. I'm afraid to not have food. I'm afraid of one other thing or another. And she looked at the reporter and she smiled. And with the assurance of a heart rooted in God, she said this. She said, I am a child of God. I am not afraid of anything. Now here we have an individual who's been dealing with burdens far greater than anything we would be asked to deal with, who is able to, with a very confident and self-assured position, say that she was a child of God and feared nothing. In other words, her faith journey brought her to that point where we all hope to go, where we simply live out of this relationship with God and bring this fundamental trust to whatever situation we find ourselves encountering. And that fundamental trust will then lead us to other virtues like justice and peace, tolerance and love, forgiveness and mercy. Because a heart that is closed to love is really closed to life and cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
but a heart that is centered and open to love, that is fixed on mercy itself, on the very presence of God, can do tremendous things, courageous things, even in the midst of the most direst of circumstances. In baptism, we die with Christ. May we learn the grace of giving a life poured out in service to others, of pushing our faith to the limit, discovering the beauty of a relationship with God, putting on Christ, removing all fear, and forging ahead, listening to the call of our shepherd to bring the gospel peace to those we meet. Father Mark Sislanko is the pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Learn more about our parish community at isidoreandmaria.org and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our music comes free of charge from Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts. I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for listening. <laughs>